Your favorite favorites are back. Welcome to a new episode of Crayon vs. Culture, hosted by LaShonda. My black community, why are we like this? Along with Fee. What I'm saying, let's look within our own country, people. And Ace. Then on top of that, how can you trust, you know, these new people that come around you? And they're the cast of Crayon vs. Culture. Welcome to another episode of Crayon vs. Culture. It looks weird. It's just me. It's just LaShonda today. Um, I have a great guest, though. Um, on social media, she's known as Zalika, but uh, I know her as Rendell. Um, <laughs> fun fact, uh, our parents are siblings, so that's a fun fact. Um, but she's a dope, um, and you follow her, she's a dope storyteller. She's now an author. Um, like, go follow her. Like, you, you, you'll learn a lot. And I definitely have her, her stuff in the link below. But um, today, we're going to definitely talk about what's been going on in Africa. Um, we're going to start with what's going on in Nigeria, because I think that's at the forefront. But we'll kind of talk about the other countries as well. So I know she knows more about the subject. I'm kind of coming in late. Like, what's going on in Africa? Because I'm so involved in this foolishness at home. That's like, oh, okay, Africa, like, they'd be all right. But no, they got their own stuff going on. So kind of, do I have to call you Zalika? Do I, can I call you Randall? Because this is weird. <laughs> or you don't care? <laughs> uh, I'm going to try. I'm, Zulika. So Zulika, yeah. uh, can you kind of tell us, um, give us a kind of backstory about, about SARS and why right now we're at harsh, hashtags um, and SARS? Um, so... Uh, this is a long, it's a long, I'm just going to make it as short and, and easy for people to follow for people outside. Um, SARS, um, it's an anti-robbery squad. That's what the SARS is for. Um, so they were founded, I think in like 94. Um, at the time there was this huge influx of armed robbery going on in Nigeria. And it was really dangerous. People like broad daylight, the bank robberies, people going to people's houses and things like that. So it, it came about in, out of good faith. Mm -hmm. um, you know, armed militia, just like as you see here, how the police are overly armed and stuff like that. Um, right. They are were supposed to be, you know, making sure there's not a lot of robberies going on. You know, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Turns out they became the things that people were kind of afraid of. Mm. Um, they started terrorizing people on the streets, kind of similar to what happens here, which is they were profiling, especially targeting young people. Which, um, if you're riding a BMW or any sort of nice cars in Nigeria, they would they would say, "Hey, you are into some something sketchy." That's why. If you had an iPhone, we should say for them that was like the major thing. They kept stopping people because of the iPhone or anything flashy. So they would just harass you on the street, ask you questions. I mean, just it's almost like being black in America. Mm -hmm. uh, it it they continuously and at first this is not the first or second time this has happened it came up again sometimes in 2000 um they tried to end SARS again and what they did was just you know reshuffle same people they said they're going to go through some training and then it came back they continue to do that but most recently there I think where it was sparked just like the killing of George, George Floyd in the U.S. um it was a young guy who was sort of like a, a local celebrity or a rapper 
you know, up and coming and people knew him in his neighborhood. And there was a video of him just literally getting shot because they tried to stop him and his friends and they ran and they chased them. They had no arms, they had nothing, but you know, they look nice, like clean, you know, really mm-hmm. nice flashy things that you see people wear here. And they got shot and killed. So that sparked, yeah, he was killed. And that sparked, wow. you know, a revolution similar to what happened here in the US with George Floyd. So people are in the streets saying, and SARS. Um, and then they there was a lot of, because Nigeria is really big. It's sort of like, I don't know if people are familiar. It's not just like this one, it has lots of states. It's one of the biggest yeah. parts of Africa. It is huge. Um, and if you know, if anybody who knows African, I bet you, you do know one Nigerian. They're everywhere. It, there's a big population and they are kind of like the African giant. Economically, a lot of different things come from Nigeria. Um, even their music, the Afro pop, I mean. Yeah, Afro beats. Yeah. Now is heavily influenced. It's mostly Nigerians. Their movies is kind of like the second highest grossing in the world. Like Nollywood. Yeah. So they even got their are, own thing on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, they are a huge influence. And so to just see people killing off the youth like this, they, I mean, similar to what happened with Black Lives Matter, they took to the streets. Unfortunately, as you know, because this squad is corrupt and they are just very violent, they responded with more violence, which is they started firing tear gas. I mean, I keep saying it, but it was just like what we've seen in the past few months here in the U.S. Mm. And it's had a shooting at protesters, like live ammunition at protesters. Um, there's a toll gate, you know, like you you have a toll booth here that's in a, in Lake Key, which is a place in um, Nigeria that um, a lot of young people staged in protests were standing. And it was on the 21st, I believe, or the 22nd of this month, where they're calling about 12 people ended up dying because they actually shot like live at people. And there was there's this one really um, great DJ, her name is DJ Switcher, she's a Nigerian DJ, and she was on live when this was happening. And it literally were Nigeria, that people were saying, oh, the Nigerian government are killing their people while people are watching. And so that's where they are. Although they said, okay, we're going to end it. So they're going to end it and give it a new name, but it's going to be similar people that's going to- The same mentality is going to continue. Exactly. And so the, the, the protest has been, it's been going on for like three weeks straight. And they're saying that they're not saying just, you know, change it or they're saying end it at all. They don't want another squad with the same name. And they're also calling for all the protesters that were arrested to um, be released without any sort of records or anything. So that's where that is. Um, at the moment, but there's still been protests up to yesterday. People are still in the streets. Um, if people are online, you can definitely check out the hashtag NSARS now. Um, Twitter, a lot of different celebrities, a lot of people have you know been talking about this. So this is something that is not that is on everything else. Um, I don't know if we'll get into other countries, but unfortunately, there's a lot going on on the continent right now. But this Nigerian NSARS is the one that's top, obviously, because of the magnitude of, of Nigerian influence on the world. So, like, do you feel like they're on the cusps of kind of going towards uh, their own civil war? Um, Is it not careful? Nigeria has had a history of civil war before, but I don't think so. I think um, even with embedded in this revolution, like across a lot of places, is people calling for change from people in powers the so-called powers that be taking advantage of people, poor people, people that have nothing, young people, youth, black people, minorities. So I think this is just um, not, I don't want to say the tip of the iceberg, but I think with all that's happening, I think somewhere in there, there's a possibility that there's some sort of change that's coming, not just to Nigeria, but the continent. People 
just like people are breaking monuments all around the country, the world and everywhere, people are awake. They mm -hmm. see that they cut through the BS, you know, like they're like, okay, we know that this group of people, we pay them, they work for the government and they're killing us, the people. So I feel like- Yeah, I'm paying you to kill me. Yes. And they are, and they're, they're recordings of these people saying stuff like, I can just kill you here now and nothing will come out of it. There are people saying things to mothers who are like, they killed their sons. They're like, what are you going to do? It's almost like, I'm the law. I'm the gossip. I'm everything. So I think, um, I don't know if it's on the cause of civil war. I think that the people are going to keep pushing because of this much attention from the international community. There might be some sort of, of change. It might not be the change that the protests are want because it's Africa. And mm. they we with a lot of things, but I think it might be some sort of a change that would spark movement across the continent. Yeah, I think they, they, they it's kind of forcing their hand because then again, they have, like Nigerians, like you said, they have different dealings all over the world. They don't want to ostracize themselves and therefore have an economic impact. Um, kind of transitioning yeah. into that, do you, how do you feel with, as you know, we're librarians on this podcast. How do you feel what is going on in Nigeria? Is that reflective of what happened in Liberia in the past or what is kind of going on there now with the rape culture? Like, what do you feel like? How do you feel like all this going on, like Nigeria, Liberia? Like, what do you feel like in terms of Liberia? Like, how, how, how did we get back here again? Like, why are we back in the news about rape? Like, how is this a, a state of emergency with rape? Um, I think connecting Liberia to Nigeria, I think a lot of what is happening with protests all over the world is heavily, um, has something to do with COVID. As you know, people are at home mm -hmm. or can't go anywhere or there's this, this a pandemic. And people, as much as we want to ignore and act like that's not happening, that's a huge factor because people have a lot of time on their hands, one. Two, people are have time to pay attention to what's going on. Because before everybody else was just into their business, regular going about their business, yada. But now people are like, okay, I, I understand this is supposed to be happening, this is not happening. But I think Liberia being back in the news is not, again, it's like Nigeria, it's something that's been happening but behind the scenes. And unless you're Liberian, you wouldn't know. And, or unless you're in touch with people on the continent or in Liberia, you wouldn't know. But every single time, you know, I lived in Liberia for two years before I moved back. But yeah. every single time, every week, because there was something in the news every week something disgusting because they will put print headline like 41 year old rape a three-year-old yeah like 55 year old rape his stepdaughter who was 12. so this is in the newspaper all the time and it seemed like people just read it like oh it's another rape thing when ellen johnson sleeve was president at the time of liberia um, a lot of people expected so much because, you know, it's a woman president, women is in charge. People had all these things to say, but unfortunately that was a disappointment. But I think now with this new government, because there's a lot of young people and, mm -hmm. you know, I'm just going to record and say young inept people, people who are just in government just because, because. people are, they're part of the party. But I mm -hmm. think people see more of what is going on because those young people put all their business online now. It's not like before, social media. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like before where this, the people are just like, you don't know what the minister is up to, but now you can just log on and they're all up there. They go mm -hmm. on live, they post pictures. So we know the government is literally doing nothing because if you were, we would not be seeing you doing nothing. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. I think Liberia is back in the news because people are finally woken up to the reality that their government is not doing anything about the people again. And these young girls and young women have been fighting 
in since like last year, it's been almost a whole full year, a bunch of Liberian women wear black every Thursday. And these are people, if you follow them on social media, they will write stuff like, you know, Thursday in black, I'm here again, like trying to do advocacy, but not a single government agency is taking on this cause to be like, we should help, we should do something because these people are saying stuff. I know one of the, the, the advocate, um, she has a, um, a charity that focuses on reading books for young people. And she always wear black on Thursday and she always makes the point to say like, we should bring this into like churches, into the government, into other places. This is not just a stay at home conversation. But again, there is nobody else that's taking on this cause to do something. So I think the reason why Liberia is back in the news is because people realize that their government I don't know if I can say this in shit. So <laughs> it's okay. We say a lot of things on here. Okay. Yeah. Call it call a spade a spade because yeah, it is. Is they realize they're not doing nothing. They're running around, you know, there was this missing millions or something. Missing money. Yeah. Exactly. And then there is this like corruption charge. There's always something, but something as grave as this. And when I tell you the numbers is scary, since the COVID started, there's been With over right? thousand. Yeah. Since this year, COVID, which was like March. Since March to like December to like now, which is like October, there's been a thousand rape cases. The rape cases has 50% increase. Like they've increased so much. Every single day, there's a headline in Liberia of some in the rural parts in Monrovia. And this is ages two to like 11, 12 That's years. Scary. It that is, is scary. It is disgusting. And it's like, there was even another case and it's from pastors, police people. There was a case where a little girl who was raped, reported, they brought her to police custody. She got raped again in the custody of police. So it's like, you don't, there's not a lot of, you know, things that's- There's no accountability. Exactly. And so people are just, people are fed up. So they're like, you have to do something. And even now the, the president was like, okay, I hear you. Rape is a national emergency. Great. Now what? We're here. Because I haven't seen any plan besides it's a national emergency. I'm like, and what are we going to do to combat this? Because obviously it's a problem because you're basically treating babies like they are objects. And I'm just like, how do we... I I, I like work with a bunch of other young women. um, And we, there's this um, page on Instagram called like Brain Killing It, where they put a lot of fashion and just like- Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so there was a whole week that was dedicated to just rape stories. And when I tell you, it was very scary because it was a lot, a whole week of every, almost like every librarian person, you know, librarian women, they were like, oh yeah, when I was growing up, my uncle, my, it was, librarian rape culture is a thing. Like it's so embedded in the society that, I feel like the government has to take be more drastic about what they do and not just saying, oh, it's an emergency. Because everyone who you know is one or two persons removed from that. And that's that's just scary because it's like, whose uncles, brothers, cousins, pastors, who are these men? Why are we growing up in a society where our women are just completely unprotected? So and I why is this being tolerated? Because I know yeah. growing up, it was like certain, although I was born here and raised here, it was just like, oh no, don't go around that person. Like my mom, don't go around that person. And it was yeah. like, as I got older, it was like, no. Like they, they, they mess with kids. You know what I'm saying? Like even one of my cousins was raped by like, a good family friend. But here's yeah. the crazy part, cause her mom was still cool with the person till the man died. Yes. What? And she's still going around calling him uncle. Wait, wait, yeah. what? He raped you. That's yeah. not your uncle. He should be dead. That's 
Exactly. This is this is the sort of things that go on. I have a a, a short story book coming up, hopefully. But that's one of the things that I, I focus on is that we make rape seem like it's a family issue. It's not a family issue. It's just, this is legal stuff that you're doing. You are you literally violating somebody else's life. And this is not something we can be like, oh, just put it under the rug or we should talk about it. Or we it. don't talk about it. Because, you know, yeah, like being people, we are very proud people. We don't talk about it. Oh, don't don't say nothing about that because we don't want people in our business. But it's like it's, you need to let people know if they're bringing their kids around. That's a pedophile. Yeah, exactly. And and this is so disgusting. The, the, the one case that sparked like the, the protests or the recent one that people are in the street for three days was a little girl that was violated, but he used a razor blade. So I feel like, oh yeah, yeah, he did. He used a razor blade to like cut her before he like violated her. And I feel like these are the kind of things that's like psychologically, it's not even something you can just be like, oh, it was rape. It's, these are monsters. For you to be able to Go to try to rape a little girl. You thought about it. You thought about it. Like, you thought about it that you needed a razor because, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And you went. That's that's Mm. where it is. Yeah, that's where we are. So Liberia is, that's um, a rape. And and also in Namibia, that's another um, country in Africa. Yeah, Um, talk about that. Another rape crisis going on there, similar to ours in Liberia, is the same thing in South Africa. Um, South Africa um, hashtag, I believe, is like um, in my next or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's something in my next. Like yeah. Yeah. So women are not just. I'll give you all these hashtags so you can put it in like the, mm-hmm. your your videos. Um, yeah. Yeah. So people can follow. But South Africa is even worse because not only are they raping women, most of the women that they find, they kill them, and then when they find out that they were raped before they kill them, so this is like a lot of violence just against women on the continent that people are like, you know. It's not trending as NSARS, but this is this is stuff that's like the rape cases in Namibia. I think it was like two hundred alone in like one month. Just people just reporting this, and these are the ones I reported. Let's not talk about the ones that we just talk about, which is the family way that go unreported. Yeah. So, but yeah. my my thing with it with what you're saying, you have accountability issues because, like you said, in the family. If you know that your brother or your father's a rapist, like what what are you doing? Like why why are we talking about this? Why are we letting this slide? Like oh, it was just an error. You have to really think to go and rape somebody. Like yeah. you, it's not just something that just falls out the sky, you know. And I think right. we have and to. And I feel like we don't because we don't have these conversations. Even people that are raped don't even see it as rape. They're like, I didn't want him, but he was my friend. So and he forced himself on me. Yeah, it was like he just be forcing you. So that is rape. And people don't even have these conversations because they're afraid of of that stigma of saying I was raped. Nobody wants to have this conversation. And and because we're scary in places like the churches, the schools, all these people are taking advantage of these young people. And let's not forget this, this is the continent. There's not like they have a rape cake just waiting when you're like, oh, I was raped, and then they're gonna check you. There's so many like layers to this that people not being able to check whether somebody was raped. Within that, you know, it's very crucial when someone's raped within that first few hours. After. Yeah. And so when people take like two, three weeks before they finally accept, okay, yes, this was wrong. I was raped before they speak up. And then people are like victim blaming. What was she wearing? What did it was she he said, she said. Right. Why you kept going to his house? Because he was my uncle. Like, I don't understand. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my so parents think- took me there. That's what I'm saying. We have to. We have that problem in America protecting black women, but we need to protect black women, period. 
And I, I have an issue with society right now, like you said, victim shaming. Like, you think somebody wants to say publicly there was rape? It's embarrassing. Yeah. And even when they come forward, people are, like, people are paying attention. Like, if I said, like, you know how we have our cousin chat that we hang out, we have conversation. Mm-hmm. If I came in there and said something and all of you are shutting me down, like, really? What were you doing? You're not going to come back. If you were feeling the same way, D, and you wanted to speak up, now you're gonna be like, "Nah, I saw how they did her. I'm not trying to go say anything." So I think that's that's what we we lose a lot of stories because people get shut down the first time they speak up. Yeah, I feel like we lose a lot of stories. We lose a lot of healing. We lose a lot of like how to combat this because basically, from what you told me about all these other countries, it's becoming normalized and desensitized. So people are just accepting it, like. Yeah, I'm probably gonna be raped. No, and the sad thing about this is um, resources. Lack of resources is a huge part of why this just almost like it's normalized. Because if someone got raped in some village somewhere or in some city where you you have to bribe the police before they pay attention to your story, and you don't have the resources, you shutting up is your best option. Because one, you don't get the stigma. Two, you don't have to deal with you don't have money. Mm. And a lot of a lot of time, I, I have a. a, a friend of mine who working with this sort of thing on the continent and a lot of times it's getting the victim to keep showing up because you know it's not one time even here in the states if you bring a rape case you have to keep coming back keep coming Mm -hmm. back and sometimes they don't have the resources to keep following up or they just don't have the strength they rather go back to work or selling the whatever they were doing to make their money than to keep following up with some lawyer or some something else so i think there's, there's multi-layers to this that we um, sadly have to consider when we talk about this. So in terms of Nigeria, Liberia, um, South Africa, um, the, the countries right now that are in turmoil, how do you feel we, those of us that are here that actually give a damn and not just consume with our stuff, how do you feel like we can help um, provide the resources? Like what can we do to provide the resources that a, not going to get stolen because, you know, Liberia is corrupt as hell. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, how, how do we get it to where the, some of this can be minimized? Not saying we can go do everything because we're here, but how do we fight this from here? Um, I think, I think like I say a lot of times, at first I used to feel very helpless because I'm no longer on the continent. And I was like, okay, what can you do from here? I think the first thing is, as you know, the reason why NSARS is now in everybody's mouth and everywhere else because it was trending, because it was up there. So I think people need to first get these stories out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you right now, like top 10 things happening in the continent right now, like the Nigeria SARS is happening. happening. People know about it because it was online. Congo is bleeding. As you know, that's another hashtag, but that is because of lack of resources and there's always going to be war because the powers that be, they want something from there. So they're going to keep feeding the rebels and giving them what they need so they can be able to extract that. So I think um, people who are here on the continent, like yourself and other people who care about what's happening, the first thing you can do is use your platform and use your voice. What does that look like? For some people, it might be being online, you know, following the thing, retweeting, you know, reposting. For other people, it might be creating a website or creating an information place where you can be like, okay, this is for people who are in the diaspora that care about people on the continent. It can be the entire continent as a whole or individual country, whether it's Congo, Namibia, Nigeria, Liberia, South Africa, um, Cameroon, any one of these countries that's going through crisis right now that you feel like you can help, you can help from over here. Because a lot of times on the continent, as you know, like you talk about corruption, but there's also lack of internet connectivity. You have to have a lot of money to be able to be online to have this information out there. 
So if you can connect with people back there and be like, okay, I'm over here, what can I do? And set up that database where you can be able to feed people more information. The more people know, you know, the less people will be able to do over there. Because if people know that people are doing this, then they can hold people accountable. Um, I feel like librarian leaders were never going to be on the street to say, okay, rape is a crisis. If these women didn't hold this, you know, calling for this national emergency, writing online, having these stories all over the place. And people are like, wow, this is serious. Like over a thousand people raped within the last few months. That's a lot of people. So I think when we put numbers to these things, we put faces to this, this helps. So I think the number one thing people can do is share the platform, use your voice. Also put your money where your mouth is. I mean, I know nobody's rich who don't have the money, but a lot of times, even the protests in Nigeria right now, the protesters need food. The protesters need ways to get to and fro. Just want to make sure you do your research on where you're sending your money, as I say all the time. But at the same time, resources, a lot of these organizations that's trying to make change, they are just grassroots. They don't have big donors and anyone else. So every little bit helps. So people can donate to these courses. Once you put all the hashtags, follow along and see where the, the funding organizations are. And then that's mm. how you can make a difference. Yeah. That's that's good. Um, and I'm sure you're going to provide me with some of the information that I can provide the followers, listeners with um, and whatnot. So just to end this, what is your hope for? Mm, I don't even want to know because 2020 feels like five years in itself. What is your hope for the continent in like the um, next years? I think even before I, I end, I should just um, touch on a few of other places. Like I, Go ahead. I Cameroon that I dropped on. Mm-hmm. Cameroon is um, both English and French speaking, but it's mostly French speaking because it was colonized by France. But there are French speaking people from Cameroon. And right now the Anglo-Saxon crisis is that people are getting killed simply because they are English speaking citizens. Um, people, yeah, there's a, re- a violence um, on there. There's a war going on in Cameroon. And that's- Because you speak I- English? Yes, because they because the national language they say is French. So they, they're doing a lot of things in French and these people are feeling left out. They're like, okay, mm-hmm. if you if the schools are in in French, my kids are not gonna be able to, to understand that. It's almost like here. If someone only spoke German and you came to America, you will feel like you left out of a lot of things. So mm-hmm. I think um that's going on. There's a war. In fact, the English speaking people are like, okay, we wanna be our own country then, since y'all wanna do everything by yourself. And then they're like, No, you can't do that. So I mean, there's there's more to this. But if you look up the Anglo-Saxon um, crisis, you understand that there's there's a way, there's another place that something is going on. Um, also in um, Ghana and Ivory Coast, I know because Ghana is one of the the biggest producer of cocoa that makes your chocolate. Again, what happens on the continents affect you. Um, so a lot of kids are tra- child trafficked from um, Burkina Faso and um, neighboring countries to Ghana. I think I saw some kids in the cocoa field. Yes. And I was like, what is going on here? Yes, child trafficking. They're being taken from um, neighboring countries into there to work on cocoa farms. Um, kids, like little kids, I'm, I'm sure the photos you talk about. So if you look yeah. that up, happening in Ghana, I know a lot of people know about Ghana because of the year return, a lot of, you know, black people this year. Before All of y'all that returned last year, yes. you need to return yes. again. Pay, pay attention <laughs> to what's happening um, there right now. Um, uh, what else? I talk about Congo. I talk about Nigeria. Liberia is the rape crisis is happening there. Um, Guinea. Um, there's so election is going on with an old ass president who's like 82 years old who's trying to run again for the third time. His name is Conde. Um, he shouldn't be doing that. And of course, people are mad because the the constitution 
African presidents don't pay attention to that, but the constitution only allows two terms. And he's like, no, I'm gonna run for the third term. And so he's just forcing himself to do that. And that's causing a problem because obviously you're not respecting the law, people are in the streets and they're doing exactly what SARS is doing, which is shooting at protesters. So that's another one. So everywhere from east, west, north, south of Africa, there's always there's something going on. Ethiopia, there was like a huge killing, I think about 200 people or no, 80, I think 80 or 90 people that die. Again, it's like an ethnic cleanse. It's a genocide. It's like a genocide. Yeah, it's a genocide. Yes, a yeah. bunch of people die. Um, so people need to pay attention to that as well. So all the violence, it seems, I know it's easy for us to say like, oh my God, it's 2020. But I think these are things that have been, you know, brewing. Manifesting, festering. It's been going on just like all the killings in America until George Floyd was like the the that thing that snapped and people are like you know what we've had it so I the think, straw that broke the camel back yeah yes, so people are like we don't care anymore yeah but I think looking forward I really I'm really optimistic and thinking like African people are finally waking the hell up they're like you know what no longer are we gonna let this happen people are calling the spade a spade if you see a 13 year old girl that got raped by her uncle people are like this is rape they're calling it what it is if people see a little 12 year old boy going to the farm every day instead of going to school they're like something here is off because most of these concepts sometimes get criticized and people say oh it's a western concept like it's not child trafficking he has to work but you're like no he's 12 he needs to not be working so I think people are finally waking up and it's a new dawn. Um, I'm very optimistic and I'm very proud of the young people because most of these movements, not just young people, but the women. When I tell you, DJ Switcher and a whole bunch of Nigerian women are like on top of cars and yelling and saying, and I saw it and I was just like, I'm proud of you. Yes, yes. When you see these women taking it, it makes me so excited for the future of young African women. Um, I think it's definitely women that's gonna, gonna see us through. Exactly. A lot of this. As you can see, the Black Lives Matter, all their co-founders are women, Black women. So this and we is don't not- get credit. Except we have these fragile men that come in and basically shit on everything that women are trying to do. If you yeah. are fragile, don't talk to me. Because whatever I'm saying to you, I'm vocalizing to you, you're going to find a way to diminish because you want to make yourself feel not insecure. If you feel insecure, then I must have touched the nerve. Do more. Yeah, I think so. Hold your friends, hold your friends accountable. If you know your friends like touching kids, hold him accountable. Exactly. And damn sure don't bring him around your kids. Exactly. And don't don't talk it a family way. It's not a family issue. It's a national emergency. And people need to talk, you know, call a spade, like you said, call a spade a spade. If you see something, say something. I feel like mm-hmm. if you don't just say it on to your friends or your family, say it online. Be vocal. Let people know. Um, and obviously, like I say all the time online, filter your information. Don't just repost anything from anyone or say anything. Because mm. obviously some people are just in there for clout. People are looking for attention. Or trolling. So you want to make sure you're sharing information. And don't get mad when people don't know. Like before, I used to get really angry. Like, don't you know what's happening? But it's a lot happening. Like you just, I just named like 10 different countries with a lot of huge things happening. These are people dying, people getting raped, and all these violence that's going on. So like you... It's serious, but at the same time, don't get mad. Educate people if people don't know. But some people, I see what you're saying, but some people don't even know NSARS. They're so involved in their narrow-mindedness. They don't even see the ones that are that's actually trending. So it's yeah. just like, at some point, I have to hold you accountable because just like I can read, you can read too. Like, what's, what's exactly. going on here? Yeah. So people need people need to at least make the effort to understand outside of the bubble, because as much as America is a hot mess right now with the election and all the foolishness, 
Um, outside of here, this this other thing, and if we really care about Black lives, where else the Black lives should matter is on the continent. And I think it's very important that what happens in Africa affects everybody else. It's not just called the motherland for no reason. It's, it really, a lot of what happens on the continent fuels what happened. What's happening in Congo right now, literally, we won't have this computer laptop as we talking. Congo is the producer of over 80% of the world culture. And that's why I'm just like, y'all don't like your iPhones? Then y'all had them. So we need, to, <laughs> we need to pay attention to what's happening on the continent. The least you can do is just spread, spread the knowledge, like let people know what's happening. Yeah, I, I definitely, definitely agree with that. Um, I mean, like I said, this is your your area. I'm, I'm learning. I learned from you. And then, of course, uh, I'm going to do mean, my I'm research. Trying. And the same thing, I'm trying. I'm learning, learning, too, as I go. I can't, like I said, I don't speak for the whole continent. I can't even speak for Liberia because that's a hot mess by itself. But <laughs> I, 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 what I know, I, I try as much as I can to get it out there. Because because of me now, I feel like I met a lot of different people. And people are hearing and know a lot. When I say Liberia, they're not, when you put the flag up, like you have back there, they're not like, is that Puerto Rico? Is that this? Like, I feel like people are more acquainted because we try to put it in their face. You're going to learn today. By all you're going to you're you're learn by force. That's one of our yes. hashtags. You're going to learn by force. Whether you by like force. it or not, you're going to get the content that you didn't know you needed. And it's going to, it should open, it should invoke something in you that be like, hmm, let me see what's going on here. You know what I'm saying? Because y'all talking about y'all may want to leave America. Where are you going? Because uh, if Africa is burnt to, to, to hell, you can't go there either. So it's kind of like, you do, you damn if you do, damn if you don't. But I think a lot of us can actually do more good by looking into what's going on in Africa and actually being vocal. And like you say, using our platforms to to actually amplify our voices and to speak for the people, the, the people, the voiceless. Like, why don't people have a stable internet? You, We take it for granted. We could just get on our phone and do whatever. They don't have that. They have to go here, there, yonder to, you know, actually exactly. get internet so yeah so um, four or five people over here tweeting the hashtag and SARS now or shut it down or Congo is bleeding you know the more people that have that on then it will be it will become something trending the world pay attention so I think um we need the world to pay attention to what's happening right now well cuz I thank you so much for this enlightenment and I'm sure you're going to provide me with all the information that I need to give to the people um you guys need to Check her out and definitely follow her and look, go learn something. You, you may learn a thing or two over there. Go follow her and learn something over there. But um, Zalika, thank you so much. And um, I guess we'll holler at you guys later. Until next time, keep living life outside the box.